0: Welcome to the PKN Podcast, where we give you the wrap on all things packaging. Welcome folks to the PKN Packaging News Podcast, brought to you today by Ball & Doggett, Australia's largest distributor of printable materials and consumables. My name's Grant McCarran, and as ever, I'm joined by Lindy Houston, Managing Editor and Publisher of PKN Packaging News and the host of this show. G'day, Lindy. Can you please tell us about our topic and our guest for this episode?
1: Well, Grant, I am so thrilled to be sitting here today and tremendously honored to introduce our special guest today. And we're going to be talking about skills and training and people making contributions to our packaging industry. And I have the wonderful honour of having well-known industry figure, Australian Institute of Packaging past president, winner of numerous awards, and most recently, this very week, the winner of the World Packaging Organization's Lifetime Achievement Award with us today. And if you'll bear with me, I'm going to quote a few lines from the citation, which um, is just a taste of what this fantastic gentleman has achieved. Ralph Moyle who is probably not requiring any introduction to our PKN podcast listeners, but all the same, let me tell you a little bit about him. Ralph is a stalwart of the packaging industry in Australasia and has contributed significantly for over 40 years. He's an experienced food packaging consultant with many years' experience in the food processing industry and 25 of those years focused on packaging. Through a unique range of senior management experiences in packaging, operations technical and quality assurance in large and medium-sized, fast-moving consumer goods businesses, Ralph has brought increased value to many organizations through unlocking the value of smarter packaging and less waste. Now... At the same time that he's just doing, been going about his day-to-day job, Ralph has also been expanding packaging knowledge for over four decades and has been a mentor, trainer, and educator for most of this time. He is an instrumental educator within the Australian Institute of Packaging. He runs numerous training courses, lecturing sessions, participates in conferences and seminars, and has been instrumental in training over 1,200 people in the last 14 months alone in areas of sustainability sustainable packaging, and design, and he has been a key driver and motivator for thousands of people over the years. Now, you can't really top this level of contribution, and it came as no surprise to me that Ralph had been awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award. Now, Ralph, welcome to the podcast after that rather long preamble. Congratulations. How are you feeling about that award that you've just been presented?
2: Well, well, thank you for all of that, uh, Wendy. Um, to be frank, I'm I'm still getting over it. And uh, I first got the phone call from uh, World Packaging Organization president uh, Professor Pierre Pienaar back in February, and I didn't understand what he's talking about for a while. But then I went back and I've looked at those whom the WPO has bestowed this award on over recent years, and. Uh, that's an awesome group of people from around the world, from many countries, and for to be considered party with those people, I think it's just awesome, and uh, I'm sincerely uh, thankful for their recognition.
1: Well, it's very well-deserved recognition, as um, I'm sure I've told you many times, but I'm going to say it again. It bears repeating. <laughs> um, now, Ralph. You have enjoyed a long and illustrious career in the FMCG manufacturing and packaging industry. Give us some of your career highlights.
2: Yeah, well, uh, firstly, I'm not done yet, Lindy. So the jokes I've taken about lifetime awards, I've got to say, look, guys, I'm not done yet, and I've got plenty more to do, and I still wish to do it. Why do I do these things? One, I I think that there's the old adage, uh, if you find a job that you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And that one works for me because I was fortunate through a number of different things to find my way into essentially the food industry. Firstly, technical, there's operational things, and packaging was always part of it. But it's still something I truly enjoy to this day. I'm still fascinated with it uh, the creativities, the the innovations coming through. But most of all, I've got to be very thankful for, for a number of folk who spent time mentoring me and investing time and money in me to develop and that's part of my payback if you will I still love my work with the AIP it's it's an absolute joy and pleasure to work with that community and meet so many wonderful people but it's more of that giving back and you know whether it's mentors of uh, my father in particular was I grew up at a soft drink company in Bendigo so that was ground zero for as a very young kid and bottling and capping and stuff so I I learned all those things there. Uh, I had the good fortune to work for a company called Pl- what is what Plum- was then Plumrose. Uh, it was a Danish business and uh, I had a great mentor there in Barry Collett and also the three Danes who ran that business. It may not have been the biggest food business in Australia, but it was the most profitable. And uh, on a number of occasions they invested in me and in particular when they took the entire business across to aseptic processing. They brought Yoplait yogurt to Australia, Lindy. This was the Lego's brand of all of its tomato-based products uh, and many others, by the way. And with the Yoplait innovation innovation came form, fill, and seal machines, different forms of packaging and the like. It totally blew away the, the whole yogurt dairy market back in the early 80s. So moil as it was then from the Danes, go and find out how all this works, and they sent me off to uh, Purdue University in the States to study under the great Dr. Phil Nelson on aseptic processing and others, because I love that complexity, Lindy. It isn't just packaging to me. It isn't just the food, because I've done a lot of work as a food technologist over the years, but also the whole processing and equipment to bring the whole lot together. And to me, if you don't get all three, I'm sorry you're missing out. You just haven't got it, and you won't get what the consumer's after and you won't be making appropriate returns on your business from that investment so they progressively did that and that was a great honor we turned that business around it made it even more profitable and then they thought it was a good idea to make me factory manager and I was the ripe old age of 36 running a business of that scale and you know 100 people to be responsible for so yeah that was a few lessons learned along those lines and uh I'm just immensely grateful for those type of things, and there are others, but, and certainly within the AIP community. When uh, I think I was at Golden Circle at the time as their package, first packaging manager, and a certain George Miller, whom you're familiar with at, at uh, what was there, Amcor, he's a charming guy, and he enticed me I think, by some means to help him out with the AIP branch in Brisbane. And before too much longer I'm running the branch, typical George, con me into it big time. But it was it was great. Great community. And when I moved back to Melbourne, I uh, then ended up running the Victorian branch and then various other progressions because it is a very special community. And I and I hope through this podcast that gets out there and to young and maybe not so young people who are in the industry but who have an affiliation with packaging, and it doesn't have to be food packaging. It's packaging's everywhere, and they feel it. Now I need to know something more about it. Well, may I put a, a sincere plug in for the AIP because that's what we do. We educate people. We're not don't have a bias politically one way or other. Totally independent, and uh, yeah, we can come and he- we can help you. And that's part of my reasoning for spending the time with it is payback. People invested in me; it's my turn to return the favor, so to speak.
1: Yeah, and as a member of the Australian Institute of Packaging myself, I can say that it is it is so much more than just training and education. It is it's a it's a family. It really is. It's it's a support network. It's uh, it's m- so much more besides. So your time at Golden Circle, I, I just want to give. Uh, let's devote a minute to this. But when you were at Golden Circle, one of your successes there was in um, some development work you did around shelf-ready packaging. Is that? Am I remembering that correctly?
2: No, you're spot on. We, um, the retailers, at that time it was Woolworths driving it, but Coles and Woolies have, and Aldi have alternated over the years. brought this as a format where they could save a lot of money and if you wish to be on board with them, then this was a key attribute. And uh, at that time, Golden Circle had a massive range of products, but they were all in individual cartons. So long story short, uh, together with work, this is where George and the research team at uh, at Rockley came in. Great bunch, by the way. Uh, we developed some precedents there and design features, um, road tested them, many of which are still standard designs in the industry today. For Golden Circle, I think we removed about three warehouses, saved them a couple of million bucks a year, and we met the commercial needs of the retailers and the brand, and the brand did very well in the marketplace. And I just use that as an example to say you can be creative in the packaging at the same time as taking money and cost savings out of a business and enhancing its profitability because a sustainable business is a profitable business. It isn't just a matter of the right materials and the right this and that, but if you're not making money, I'm sorry, you you have a problem.
1: Yep, there's a lot of wisdom in what you just said. And one of the things that occurred to me as as I'm listening to you is in your time over this, your career, you have witnessed so much technology change and have had the opportunity to probably take that technology and apply it to packaging changes in the business, whichever business you're consulting to or whichever business you're working with. And that has probably been quite um, an education in itself for you.
2: Oh, totally. I was looking through your PKN 60th year edition last night, um, looking for some inspiration for this session. And that was a great publication, by the way, guys. Oh, thank you. And uh, it really did tell. I thought, well, I'm looking at some things. Well, that's not that long ago. That's not so long ago. But we have transitioned very quickly. And I think, uh, in my opinion, it's accelerating at this time. I think the rate of change through all of these matters is as fast as I can ever remember it and may it continue. Packaging isn't necessarily the last people marketers think of now. It's often towards the front end. And a lot of that is driven by consumers. And if you're not aware of how you can translate different concepts and ideas and put them into different situations, then I'm sorry, you're going to be behind the eight ball. And if I might just use it here, this is part of my brief to businesses is that you've got to make a profit, and you've got to use your investments wisely and look at the best returns. And a lot of that, in fact, is sitting in front of you at the desk next to you with some young people who are keen, smart, attentive, and they want to learn. So, stop getting in their way and give them a hand. It's a great privilege, Lindy. Uh, each year, I'm asked to do judging on scholarship applications. Most recently, from the Australian Bioplastics Association, and thanks, Rowan, for that. Much appreciated. You've got a couple of really happy kids now, but the the, the cruel punch is in Rowan's case. There were two: there's a certificate and a diploma. But there was about eight or nine or, or so others. Who, sorry, guys, you're all more than capable of doing the course. You're more than ably demonstrated to myself and the other judges of your desire to to learn something more to improve your lot and to put yourself out now for example uh, the business might say well good that's ten thousand dollars and I'm saying that's all it is come on that student in the case of the diploma course they're going to put aside about three hours a week for three years in order to do that course it's not easy in fact it's bloody difficult in parts, but hang on, that's the industry we're in. It's complex and there's a lot to learn. But I'll also say to that business, the last part of their course is a project that they do inevitably on your business. And if they can't save two, three, four times the amount of money you've spent on that course, I'll go, hey, it's not that difficult because I'll give them a few smarts and a few directions and we've got brilliant tutors to guide them. Your return on investment is a gimme, it's a gimme, and you've got the morale of these kids that you're enhancing, and not just them, but all the other people in the community or the business around you will see that you're investing in those particular bright ones, and they will get a degree of satisfaction out of it that will be recognized in the general morale of your business. So I can just see win, win, win everywhere here, but unfortunately, and sorry if this is turning out to be a, a, a whinge here... There's just so many businesses who just don't get it these days. And some of them are very big, multinationals, multi billion dollar turnovers, and they don't get it. And they're, these kids are coming to the AIP and to organizations like the ABA looking for help. And they're willing to commit their time so they can learn and develop and improve and bring new creative, innovative ideas to the marketplace, which guess what? Will make that business even more profitable and attractive. So, That's my plug for this morning, Lindy.
1: Well, I I was hoping you'd rant about that a little, Ralph, because it's, it guess. is it is one of my <laughs> it is one of my personal bugbears too. And I'm thinking, if you look at those list of that list of individuals who applied for the Australian Bioplastics Association scholarship um, and were were in the running for it, as you said, all of them ably demonstrated that they'd be able to do it. Businesses who have those people on their teams should be taking note. That these people are putting their hand up to try to better themselves because they want to stay in the packaging industry, which kind of leads me to my next question, which we've almost answered already, which was, what do you see as our industry's biggest challenge when it comes to addressing a future skills shortage? And what would you like to see done about it? What change needs to happen? So, you can reiterate your rant a little bit here, Ralph. So, just make that message as clear as you'd like.
2: It makes good business sense to invest in your people. That's first and foremost. Are there resources out there to assist you and your staff in understanding more about key topics? And, And here we're talking obviously about packaging and the AIP is here to serve. Now, I've mentioned the Diploma and Certificate courses, we also run a, a wide number now of half-day training courses, most of which we've converted online due to the COVID things. Um, and as such, the reach that we've now got, Lindy, is uh, is fantastic. And I think Narrator and Mark Kelton have done a brilliant job here, by the way.
1: Yes, definitely.
2: Like the most recent one on introduction to sustainable packaging and circular design and things. We had 50-odd uh, oh, people, but they weren't just from Melbourne and Sydney. We had them from Singapore, many parts of uh, New Zealand. Re- and most importantly for me, because I've spent a lot of my life in regional Australia, they're at their desk somewhere in country Australia, and they're tapping into the same information as all of the others. And that, I think, is just a brilliant use of technology, which we're adapting to and we're refining, and then types of courses we keep adapting it because we have to be relevant. It's no use just teaching people about canned seams and glass anymore. You've got to be talking about plastics and soft, rigid. We've got to talk about beverages and a new great course coming up there in, in coming weeks. And I think we've been very successful at that. So much so that the courses we're actually redesigning this year because there's a lot of folk coming to the course. I get people who are really experienced, which is great. They're still coming, looking for more. Marvellous. But I've also got folk at totally other end of the spectrum saying, I've been told I'm looking after packaging in the business, but I don't know the first thing about it. Can you help me? And of course we do. So now we're devising courses which help those who don't really have a packaging background but because businesses are responding to the demands on sustainability, circular economy, and what else. And they want to what does this mean? There's also the, you mentioned earlier this morning on your latest podcast about the ARL insights report from APCO. Great report, guys. So if you're not up to speed with that, please go and read it. It's a great one. Thank you, Brooke. And, and they're saying, well, Coles and Woolies and Aldi now want us to put an ARL label on our products. Well, thank God for that because you're communicating with your consumers. But how do you do it? And we're now going to have an introductory course on prep and ARL, but also an advanced one for those who are a bit more experienced because it is quite complex. It is changing. It's quite dynamic. And if you don't keep up with it, it can get messy. So we're, we're here to help that.
1: Yeah, and what I have to say, again, uh, kudos to you and the um, team at AIP, is how responsive you are being to the changing market demands for the different types of courses and customizing those to our industry needs right now, which I think is absolutely outstanding. So, in terms of that, a question that I had was, what um, are you seeing most demand for from packaging professionals right now in terms of course material?
2: That used to be a reasonably short list. It's not anymore. It is broadening and, and I'm excited by it, when you said lifetime award. Hang on, guys, I haven't finished yet. Uh, I think it's also into the supply chain. I think the work uh, we're doing with the colts supply chain guys is expanding that whole realm. We're not just talking about the saleable unit you find in your coal supermarket anymore. It's getting out to the other broader businesses, uh, think the, the Repcos, the Bunnings, the Adairs and others, who are now more than conscious of their presence in the marketplace and how they've got to put forward to their consumers, which, by the way, the same folk who walk into Coles and Woolies, that they are responsible businesses. Um, so we're, we're here to help all of those organisations. But as for the demands... Certainly understanding prep and ARL is one of them. Understanding plastics, both soft and hard, because this may be a scary idea for a few folk, but not all plastics are bad. But choosing the right plastics is really important for the right application and the subtlety between the two does need some help. It really does. Understanding what does this sustainability mean and uh, I think uh, Nera Kelton has done some great work with the government departments, AFGC, the CRC Food Waste, and there's another great topic we can talk about is food waste versus packaging sustainability and maintaining that balance. So, Lindy, I haven't even started to scratch that topic that you just raised because there are just so many, I don't want to use the word issues, but they're matters of concern that need addressing. You do need knowledge and skill. To get the right solution for your product addressing your market and your consumers. And if you don't get that right, I'm sorry, that's going to be a financial mess. So revert back to my rant earlier regarding return on investment with your staff. So if you don't train your staff, I'm sorry, I think your business is getting into a a higher risk position than it needs to be due to inaction on what is, I think, a, a very modest financial
0: investment that has great return. You're listening to the PKN Podcast by Yaffa Media. We'll be right back after this. Navigating the balance of sustainable and innovative packaging solutions is key in today's highly competitive market. Ball and Doggett provide the foundation for creating and driving best-in-class packaging offerings and those high-value applications, bringing together leading local and world-class brands Empowering you to do more to manage your packaging opportunities for better environmental outcomes. Ball & Doggett, Australia's largest distributor of printable materials and consumables. Providing the raw materials that turn big ideas into real-world solutions. Talk to our product specialists on 1300 024 749. And now, let's get back to the discussion on the PKN Podcast.
1: Now, at the moment, um, one of the it has to be considered the, the top hot button topic um, in packaging. We're writing a lot and talking a lot about it, uh, certainly on our platforms, um, is sustainability, sustainable packaging design, and packaging design for a circular economy. We're seeing um, this la- very last week, we've had Woolworths, who, who is the country's biggest employer. Consider that sustainability is so important that they have now appointed to the executive level, to the executive board ahead of sustainability. Um, And that was announced this last week. We are seeing masses of movement in this area in terms of investment and people making promises and pledges. But whether or not there's clarity around what sustainable packaging means, what circular packaging design means. I'm not sure. So I'm wondering what you see as the biggest gaps in knowledge among brand owners when it comes to those two factors, circular economy design and sustainability.
2: I'm going to answer that in the reverse order, Lindy. I think boards have become aware, and some of it through requirements of law, by the way, in recent years, where publicly listed companies do have to address sustainability matters, of which packaging is one because it also relates to responsible sourcing um, safety and well-being of people uh, energy efficiencies product safety there's a whole gamut under that whole area of sustainability and packaging is one of them it's it's perhaps one of the more visual ones to the end consumer but they still want to be sure that the businesses are Trading ethically, and uh, there's a whole range there. So, yes, sustainability is is getting to executive, but thank God for that at long last. But it's, I think, one of the best uh, stories I have listened to is one by the global CEO of Nestle, who recently did a session on one of the American business networks. And he, he didn't take long, he's only spoke for about three and a half minutes, but he perfectly nailed it when he said, that's record profits for Nestle Global, and, and the numbers were monstrous, by the way. And as far as he's concerned, it is because we are sustainable. This business is not viable unless we are sustainable, and he has invested massive amount of money technically and otherwise there. I hope that message gets through to businesses, even down to the levels I mentioned earlier about training their staff up appropriately. Is if you're not getting on board with this very, very quickly, you will be left behind. And that's not a good place to be. As far as the circular economy specifically, I still think that whole concept is still not well understood. It can be very complex. Uh, There are issues with it, uh, mind you. If you go looking down the food, come pharmaceutical area, there is some safety matters that do need to be addressed about reusing packaging. Got that? And uh, that will be addressed. That will be addressed. But if you, if you focus just on that, you're missing the whole aspect of B2B with your suppliers. The, the whole packaging that your packaging arrives in, is it being reused? Are you looking at the whole supply chain or are you just looking at one narrow port part of it? And those that have been exposed to that, when they go back and think, oh, you mean I should be looking from beginning to end, not just engaging with my customers, but certainly engagement with my suppliers – And when they sit down and talk to them, that's a scary thought, isn't it? Going and talking to your suppliers about a new way of doing business. You will will be surprised how many mutual savings that you both can come up with that are not at risk to either of your businesses. Lindy, earlier in this conversation, you related the the achievements with uh, Amcor in Queensland regarding the shelf-ready packaging to Golden Circle. Yes, Golden Circle saved a lot of money that I mentioned just for the record, so did Amcor because we improved their line efficiencies enormously because they're now doing long runs of single items and not having to stop every 20 minutes and change plates and and other things. So they made significant savings in in their line efficiencies and their products. So there's mutual gains to be had here by just taking your your blinkers off and starting to look at things in a different way. And I think if you think back to the Yes, Ellen MacArthur Foundation is very much focused on plastics, but if you just park the plastics bit for a minute and just think back to the core and the logic behind the flow, there's a lot of very good learnings to be had there. And just for the record, money to be saved.
1: Yes, so absolutely. So sustainability makes business sense.
2: It does. That's the core.
1: So we are seeing brand owners making sustainability commitments and pledges and promises thick and fast. We are seeing some outstanding innovation in the area of sustainable packaging design. As we witnessed in two weeks ago, we had the Packaging Innovation and Design Awards um, and some celebration there of some really fantastic innovation. But is this enough in your view? Is change happening at a pace that will see us achieve those 2025 targets and deliver on broader sustainability? goals that includes food waste prevention, for example, through packaging. What's your view?
2: Oh, there's two there. I'll park the food waste one for a moment because that is the true dilemma that I I work and try to get my head around every day. The growth in this area really has been going on for a very long time. Prior to APCO, there was the National Packaging Forum, whatever. So, it's been around 20 years. So, a lot of the real Low-hanging fruit, I think, is the expression used a lot here, has been worked on for the last twenty years. So when the 2025 national packaging targets came out, okay, that's fine. That just puts it into a better context and clearer goals. And 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 thank you, Apco, for for pushing that so hard because it's it has got traction. And that I think relates to a lot of businesses who think, look, we've got to get on board with that. And thank God that's happened. I only wish it happened ten years ago. But there we go. Will we achieve it was part of your question. Uh, look, I think there's some parts where if I think of APCO's figures that they put out last year on the the summary of the sustainability goals and the target was 100% for recyclable, reusable and like and we're at 89%. Do I think we're going to get pretty close to 100? The answer is I think so, Lindy. But the, f- the further you go there, the harder it gets and tougher the challenges to achieve it. And... Uh, there are many, you could call them reasonably modest volumes of certain packaging formats which are going to be very difficult to change or for those manufacturers to change the nature of what they've been selling for a very long time. doesn't mean it's bad packaging, by the way. It just means it doesn't meet those goals. But the closer you get to, it is 100%. It's not 95%. It's 100 And that last 5%, I think, is going to get tougher and tougher as we get going.
1: It's a bit like losing those last five kilos. Very hard to do.
2: (laughs) I'm having trouble with the first five kilos. Thank you for that interjection, Lindy.
1: (laughs) Making it relatable, Ralph. Making it relatable. Thank you.
2: Thank you. COVID has got a lot to answer for, doesn't it? Regarding your point, Lindy, about the food waste and, and packaging sustainability, it is a true challenge and LCAs help true investigations into sustainability's help. Uh, Consumer uh, perceptions are, I think, well off the mark. At this point in time, we have some substantial work to do there because inevitably there's a lot more sustainable energies and go into making of the the food than it does into the packaging which protects it and the like. And often to make sure we've utilised the entire food, The packs get smaller, therefore the amount of packaging required is greater, which sounds somewhat counterintuitive, but if you think of some of the examples, particularly with cheese, meat proteins and and others, the value of the packaging there is minuscule compared with the amount of sustainable into the food. But my personal view is the food is precious, and that's been a, a key point throughout history of valuing of the food. So I guess I would always align in that direction, but that doesn't get packaging a free hit here. We have just gotta optimise the packaging to ensure that the food is protected using materials that are most appropriate for that, but also enhance the shelf life of that food to ensure it's not wasted.
1: So Ralph If we look at your work with the Australian Institute of Packaging and you have been a past president, you've been involved with the Institute for a very long time, what do you think of as some of the AIP's greatest achievements?
2: Uh, One, we've remained relevant to the industry. I think the involvement, engagement with the World Packaging Organization has been marvellous and you've seen that in the, the World Star Awards. But my personal one, Lindy, is towards women in industry. I think in the last 10 years, we have consciously gone out to engage directly with women in industry, not just direct training courses, uh, the Women in Packaging Forum that you run at our conferences so well. And the level of engagement with those has been fantastic. I think it's also demonstrated with the recent Peter Awards for the Packaging Professional of the Year and the Young Packaging Professional. If you look at it, the professionals, there are three wonderful men. and. Alan was a great winner of that, but three credible guys. But look at the, the four entries into the young packaging professional of the year. What did they all have in common apart from being passionate and energetic? They are all ladies, wonderful ladies. And I really think that as we're attracting more and more women to the industry and through the AIP, I think my view is that's our greatest achievement.
1: Well, I'd agree with that. And I have to say, um, our Women in Packaging Forum, which we do uh, partner with AIP on, has had a tremendous response. And I think um, we are going to go from strength to strength because I do think the work is not done yet when it comes to giving women agency. And the AIP has indeed done a lot to strengthen that um, pursuit. Now, Ralph, the time has come for us to to wrap up. Um, you are a respected doyen of our industry. You have achieved the pinnacle of awards and you are now free to rest on your laurels. But of course, I know you so well, you will be doing nothing of the sort. Um, what final words of wisdom would you like to impart to our audience?
2: Yeah, I haven't finished, Lindy. That's, that's absolutely true. I've got a lot of things I still want to do. Certainly, to uh, the words I use to ARP students on a very regular basis, Lindy, and that is don't stop learning, don't stop researching, don't stop challenging the status quo of the business you're in and the packaging formats, the way you process, the way you present to consumers. Most of all, share your knowledge willingly, openly. I don't mean intellectual property, but share it because the return you'll get back from that is just marvelous. And finally, my thanks to my wife. And my three daughters. Yeah, thank you.
1: They have been a tremendous support for you, and I think that's apart from the AIP family, one doesn't realise sometimes uh, the value of your own immediate family in supporting careers. Because uh, we all need the people to back us to to lift our spirits when we when our energy lags. And I can completely agree with you on that, and um, echo that sentiment. And I don't think that we could have had a finer, more wise voice to tell us what we need to do here today. Um, Thank you, Ralph. You have made it very clear what we as packaging professionals and what the industry and brand owners in that industry need to do when it comes to addressing the all-important skills training and the... The, the all-important vocational learning and, and just continuing to look for new ideas, to read and research and find out more and to deliver the best self to your role and to, and to your workplace um, and deliver that knowledge that is so important for us to move this whole packaging march forward. So thank you for giving us so much of your time and for delivering so much value to our industry, Ralph
2: thank you for the opportunity, Lindy. I really appreciate it very much. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you, Ralph. And thank you, Lindy. That's been an amazing episode. I was very privileged to be able to sit in on that and listen to everything that was going on. And also thank you to the audience for joining us on this episode, which has been brought to you today by Ball & Doggett, Australia's largest distributor of printable materials and consumables. We'll be back in the not too distant future with another informative episode, but until then, have a great day. You've been listening to the PKN Podcast, produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of PKN Packaging News, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of PKN Packaging News, Yaffa Media or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact us via the website or send an email to editor at packagingnews.com.au. You can subscribe to this podcast via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on Australia's packaging industry at packagingnews.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast.